Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, stunt driving and stuff we want back. I actually like doing T-bonings, but I have you know, it's it's a hard hit. And then sometimes you have to do it again. Like if they didn't like it, um, and it was like being in a car wreck twice or a car accident back to back. Bridesmaids is the one that I get the most. <laughs> Everybody's like, that was you. That's the funniest scene, you know, with the reverse 180, throwing garbage out the window, laying down driving. So it looks like nobody's in the car. And she goes, who's driving that car? But that Ferrari was fun. I was even thinking... I wonder if anybody knows if I didn't come back, <laughs> if I just kept driving. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So our first guest is someone you have seen probably hundreds of times and didn't realize it. She's a professional stunt driver who specializes in precision driving and works in everything from commercials and TV to movies. This is stunt driver Olivia Summers. So is your job more dangerous or less dangerous than an outsider would necessarily think it would be? Oh, it's definitely more dangerous than an outsider would think it would be because most outsiders or civilians, as we call them, <laughs> um, would say, I'd make a great stunt driver. You should see me on the 405 or the 101, you know? So it's totally different because when we're driving on set, you have a lot of crew walking around you. Um, you have extras, camera, go- you know, there's just so much going on. And, um, and, and you're also being watched. So the minute they call action, it's a little bit more nerve wracking than when you're just on the 101 and you just think, Oh, I can overtake this guy. How did you get into it? I, well, I grew up in Canada in Toronto. So my dad taught me, uh, we had a cottage up North in the Muskokas. So I had been snowmobiling since I was a baby, boating, water skiing, all that kind of stuff. My dad always thought, I think I was a boy. I was a dancer, you know, moved to LA I uh, worked as a professional dancer. And then one night I was out with all my girlfriends at a our girls' night out, and we met a group of guys that were stunt drivers and stunt guys. And one of that one of my girlfriends started dating one of the guys. And when she broke up with him and broke his heart, he was always calling me. And then we just became friends. And then he just said, you know, you'd probably make a good stunt driver and told me where to go and train. 
why did why did he think that you would make a good one? I feel like being an ex dancer because as a dance training to be a dancer, you have to hit marks. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's a lot of what this is too. Is you always have to hit a mark. It's not like you just come in fast and you just wherever you end up, you end up. You've got to be close to camera or near the camera. Is that generally the harder part is doing the stunt or just making sure like, okay, but you have to do the stunt and you have to do it right here because this is where the lighting for the camera is. Yes, exactly. Like where you, a lot of it is like anybody can crash into a wall or whatever, you know, but it's that mark on the wall, you know, or it's, if I'm doing a T-boning, it's that specific spot on the car, the other car that I'm hitting. So I send it in the right direction. How much leeway do you have necessarily? Like you have to, okay, you have to hit this particular part of the car for this T-bone, but how much wiggle room do we have? Are we, are you talking like, okay, you need to be within two feet. You need to be within two inches. I, I mean, I try to get right on the mark. I mean, I, a lot of the work that I get people hire me because I am really good at hitting marks. Um, so I try to get like within inches of that mark, because if you're way off the mark, if I'm hitting like the back end of the car, but I'm hitting the set end up hitting the center of the car, that's going to totally send the car in a different direction. Is it multiple takes or you get one chance? I mean, we rehearse it, but we don't do the actual crash, especially if that's the only car I will rehearse it where I d- I'll drive up. We'll do it in like a slower time. You know, maybe the mileage will be like, we'll just do it slower just to see where we're at. I don't actually hit the other car. That car doesn't hit me, you know, just to see where we're at. And then, then you just do it. What kind of professional training went into, into kind of getting your first job? I went through all the stunt driving schools here in Los Angeles. And then I went to, uh, you know, you, you're constantly practicing just like an athlete, you know, it's, you just don't take a class and then one weekend class isn't going to make you a stunt driver. Let's just say that. So um, you're you're constantly training as well. So I went to two different stunt driving schools here in LA. I went to a racing school. I went to Dirtfish Rally Racing School in Seattle. I have my own drift car. I have a Mustang that I practice with. I go. I get together with my girlfriends. Like yesterday, actually, we were up at Willow Springs for a couple of hours um, at uh, the Naoki's drift class practicing you know like he'll say what do you want to work on oh, I want to practice like a chase scene like coming around a corner hot and then going into an alley you know and so he'll set up cones and you just you're you're drifting and practicing and not hitting the cones because the cone is a wall or it's a camera guy or it's extra or whatever you know is this legal training or do you have to go someplace to do the training, right? Like, are you just in a Walmart parking lot or where no, are you doing no, this legal at? Training. You don't want to get a reckless driving ticket or anything like that. Plus I, I have a commercial driver's license. I think I'm one of the first female stunt drivers. Now more drivers are going out to get the commercial driver's license. So they're legal. I'm legally allowed to drive trucks and buses. So, um, with that, you go to, I had to go to truck driving school with all the other truck drivers. So I get all the tickets like another truck driver would get. So if I get a speeding ticket, it's four times the amount of say your ticket. So yeah, I don't go anywhere where it's like, I've had people say, Oh, I'll pay you. You know, can we just go to this parking lot? And I'm like, no, uh, uh-uh. I'm not getting a ticket. What do you remember about your first on-screen stunt? What was it? Um, my first job ever though, wasn't a car job and it was a stunt coordinator, Jim Vickers that hired me for a television show called invasion. And I can't remember the girl, the actress named the lead actress that I was doubling, but 
it was a hurricane scene where I was outside of a, I was getting out of my car. And when I go to get out of my car, the rain and the wind whips, I, I end up getting the door of the car, the driver's side door slams back at me. So that was my first stunt. How about your first stunt driving experience? Um, my first really big driving experience, I had done a lot of commercials like car to car work, which is very difficult. Everybody thinks it's easy and they're, Oh, I just want to do commercials. But that's again, keeping time, hitting marks. It's a lot of money in a short amount of time. But my first big one would be, I was doubling the Lincoln Mercury girl in the early 2000s. She was Jill Wagner was the actress and she was the Lincoln Mercury girl. So I had to slide the car across camera on a wet down. And then she goes, woo, wasn't that fun? So it looked like she did it, but I did all her driving. You do the stunt, then they put the actor in the car or how does that work? Yeah. Usually there's two cars. So the actress will be on what they call a process trailer. So they put the car on a trailer and then you see, you see, you've probably seen it before and you'll see a truck driving, pulling uh, a, a car excuse me. So the actress is in the car. Everybody's around her shooting. You see all the lights and everything. So that's her car. And then I have my car that I do the other, all the actual driving that you see the car on the road. So she's not actually driving the car. Sometimes they, they will be, and they'll put the camera in the car with her, but a lot of times they'll have her up on a trailer and it looks like the car's driving while you're, you see her talking inside the car. Why couldn't she drive the car? That's just not how that's just not how it's done. Well, one, yeah, insurance and it would take forever because she I'm sure she's a decent driver on the freeway, but to follow the actual camera car that's worth the Porsche Cayenne, a lot of, of the companies um that's what they have. It has the big arm car, it has a giant arm on the top of it that swings around to shoot the car. Um she has or actresses just have no idea how to follow it or hold a line or hold a mark. So sometimes when I'm driving all the time, when I'm driving, like say a car commercial and I'm following that big arm car, um, I could have three different marks and I'm, I'm, I'm picking a spot off of that car to hold my mark. You can't be doing, if the, if they want me to do 20, I can't do 21 or 19. I have to do 20 miles an hour. I have to stay in that frame. And the actress, the actress, actors, whatever are not trained to do that. How fast are you generally going when those when they're they're doing these shoots? Not fast at all. I mean, not. I mean, it, that maybe twenty twenty five. Is it harder when it's faster or harder when it's slower? I find I feel like it's harder when it's slower because you see everything. When you're going faster, you can kind of cheat a little bit. I feel like you know when it's slow, it's just and then the car lurches. You know, like especially the newer cars. So if you're going slow and then all of a sudden you hit a certain speed, you know how your car just automatically wants to shift for you. So then it'll kind of lurch and they'll be like, hey, Olivia, you're going too fast. You stop moving back and forth. I'm like, it's not me. It's the car. Oh, because like it does that brief shift where it's like, yeah, on an automatic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about, where it's like you punch it and then it thinks about it for a little while and then it gets going. Yeah. So it's not very smooth. Is it difficult to kind of break into this world? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm still like, I have to hustle all the time because, um, you know, you just, it's a, it's a small group of drivers for one in the commercial world. It was, it's always been a boys club. Um, 
So even when the producers or directors will ask some of their guys like, oh, I need a girl. Who do you recommend? A lot of times these guys will put their wives on it or a girlfriend, you know, or their one and only female on their team that is not really that good. How, how were you able to kind of break into it? I just, I train like nonstop. So nobody can say I'm not a good driver. You know, like we all make mistakes. I'm not being conceited or cocky or anything because I have off days and bad days and I miss my mark just like the guys do. But if somebody, for the amount of work that I put into it and my guy friends and coordinators that hire me regularly have often said there's, they don't know any other female that's put the work into it like I have. If you're doing a movie or a TV show and you're you're doubling one of the actresses, do you does the person kind do you have to kind of look a little bit like them or does that not matter? It definitely helps with car work. Um, you you know because you only see like my shoulders and up really because you're not seeing my lower half of my body. Um, but and then if my hair doesn't match, they put me in a wig. Like when I double Kristen Wig and Bridesmaids. She had short blonde hair. I have long, dark hair. So they just put me in a wig and I wear her clothes. But it, it helps. I mean, it doesn't matter with their eye color because if somebody catches my eyes, then I'm not getting fired. The, the other person is. <laughs> when you when you get ready for one of the stunts, how much preparation goes into that? In terms of like if you put an hour amount into it or some way to quantify like how much preparation before this thing happens. Usually I know what it is. So if it's something that I haven't done in a while, um, I, I'll, I'll probably just take my car out and kind of practice. I'm, I'm usually at the track, though, once a month, so I'm pretty good with it. If it's a bus or a big truck, then I'll get a truck and I'll, I'll go out and practice. And then if I can't, I just meditate. I know it sounds crazy, but I just visualize everything going well. I go over in my head what I'm going to do. I talk to God a lot but mostly like to keep everybody safe around me. I've always said, I don't care what happens to me. I just don't want anything to happen to the people around me. Just like any other job. I think that if you were, even if you were going to sell something, you'd go over your sales pitch, right? Or how you're going to sell this. Are there some, some like standard general, like, Oh, okay. You want me to flip it? You want me to do a donut? Like, are there some kind of standard, stunts that every stunt driver is, has done time and time again? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, there's times like where I, you know, when I doubled Kylie Jenner, I'd never done donuts or 360s in the dirt in the dark with no mark. So, you know, there's no way to practice that. I'm not going to drive out to the desert at midnight and practice that and get killed or something, you know? So, um, uh, you know, sometimes you just, it's the first time, you know, you're just like, okay, I, your skills should be able to hold you through it. If you can do 360s or donuts perfectly in a circle in the same continuous line with no problem, then you should be able to do it in dirt in the dark, you know. When, when you say like hitting the mark, is there literally like a thing on the ground there or a literal mark whether they put and say you got to be right here yes yeah, sometimes there are sometimes they'll put tape on the ground the chalk um a lot of times it there's there's nothing and so you pull a mark a hard mark like uh, a piece of the curb that i see or a tree that's there you know so I, i'll line up my shoulder so I, i'll line up my car where they want it to be like they'll say this is your end mark so 
if I'm coming up to a house and you know, you see somebody pull up to a house really fast and then the actor runs out or something, you know, so I want to pull up. Um, I'll, I'll just look at line up my shoulder with a tree or a line in the curb or whatever. So when I pull up, then I, I look and make sure I come in fast and you know, a lot of it's, you just got to hope to God you're on your mark. And where I stop, I'm hoping that my shoulders lined up with that tree or that fire hydrant or whatever you find. It is something that, you know, cause obviously lots of people drive and I'm sure that a lot of people think that they could do this, but then if you had me, I need to drive my car 30 miles an hour, pull up right next to this tree and stop right at that where that tree is. Man, I don't think I could do it. I mean, you just got to keep practicing. But I mean, that's one of the things I do. Uh, like if I know I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be hitting specific marks. I take my car out. I'll go to a parking lot. I'll put tape down on the ground and I just keep rolling up to see if I get my tire close to that because you can't stick your head out to look and see where the tape is right because that would look weird right it'd be a little strange in the movie <laughs> it'd be a little strange <laughs> so you have to learn how to pick a mark that's in your eye line that will help you find that piece of tape on the ground how much does the car matter obviously i would think that like hitting a mark with a suburban versus a mazda miata would be a very different thing I mean, for me personally, I love SUVs because being higher up, I feel like I can see more. So when I'm in an SUV or a, or a crossover or a higher car, it's easier for me to find marks. I think everybody has their thing. If I'm super low to the ground, I feel like it's a little difficult. Some people might be low to the ground because they can see the ground. Does the technique change depending on the size and kind of make model of the car? Oh yeah, because there's weight. There's all sorts of things that are that factor into the car. Like if I'm sliding it, you know, I'm gotta, um, you know, make sure the tire pressure is higher so it slides. There's nothing gripping on the ground. Uh, yeah, there's lots that factor into the car. Some cars will lock up, and some cars won't. Like if I need it to lock up and slide it, you know, like the e-brake. The newer cars are, I find, really difficult because of the computer system in there. Like you can't you can't do anything with it. If you have, a, there's nothing you can do with a hybrid or anything. Cause the minute you go to do a 180 or reverse 180, it just shuts down. It's like goes into limp mode. So it doesn't want to do that because they're not made to do that. They're actually preventing you from sliding. That's the whole bonus of people. When they buy a car with all these features, they know they're not going to wipe out on the road or skid down a hill or anything. I need that. I never really thought of that, right? That you, there's not a, you can't go in and turn that stuff off. There's not like a, hey, we're in Hollywood. We need to have this Prius do donuts. Yeah, well, it's not like a setting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's this, yeah, stunt mode setting. There's eco mode and stunt mode. Um, I That's all a thing for car prep. I always tell people when it comes to the insides and the guts of a tire, the car, I don't even change my own nail polish. So I can't tell you how to, to fix the car. <laughs> after you've been doing it for a while, will you have stunt coordinators or directors or whoever kind of are the people making these decisions that will just automatically go like, okay, we need this call Olivia. I, I do definitely get that. I have, I have quite a few, uh, especially with commercials that will call me. Um, Cause they're just, they just know that, uh, you know, I'll get the shot fast and fun to work with or so they say, um, I must be the Canadian in me. 
It's just tell a good joke. One dirty joke and you got them all. That's all it takes, right? Just cuss one time and you're in. <laughs> um, I definitely have that. Yeah. I'm still like, there's still way more. Pe- there's so many people I want to work with that I haven't had a chance and that I'm constantly hustling and trying to get on their radar or I am on their radar and there's just nothing right now, you know. Are you ready for some listener submitted slash harder questions? Oh sure! I didn't know there were listeners. Okay. <laughs> so, well, they're not—they're not listening live, but we kind of yeah. before we talk, we ask people. Yeah. Oh, you didn't realize that this is being broadcast on TV right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hardest stunt you ever did? I feel like there's so many, you know, because it's uh, I just get so nervous. Um, definitely. I don't like anything on the side of a mountain. I'm not going to lie. So anytime I'm driving on the side of a mountain, I feel as difficult because I'm afraid of heights. So I don't like that. I do it. But um, uh, I would say like the hardest thing, even that desert one, the Adidas spot, driving, like doing donuts in the dark, knowing there's a whole crew around you. And I had to have the coordinator talk to me on the walkie talkie to let me know where I was. So I cause you, obviously you're, you're in dirt, so you're sliding. So that was really difficult to not, to go, not stray off my mark too much because I could have hit a crew member with my, the Mustang they had me in. That does make sense right now that I think about it, like just taking essentially a two to three, 4,000 pound vehicle in circles with other people standing very close doesn't seem like a real safe thing necessarily. No, and you're like blind. It's almost like driving blind because it's pitch black, except for the the light. On, their whole thing is they're shooting it at night, so you can't turn lights on, then it doesn't look like night anymore. You know, so it's like driving blind. You know, I can't see anything. It's it's having somebody talk to me. Um, What do you think is the most impressive car-related stunt you've ever seen? Um, like who in the people who are in the industry, what do they look at and be like, that was impressive. I mean, honestly, I love baby driver. So when I saw that movie, all the car work that Jeremy Fry did, the stunt driver in that was just like the tight corners that he took or through other cars. I mean, it was just, it was brilliant. When you look at something like that though, could you have done that? Or is that like, no, that that could only be done by a couple of stunt drivers? Or could any stunt driver who happened to get that job probably do it? No. I mean, the guy that did it, Jeremy Fry, he's amazing. He's such a great driver. I don't know a lot of guys. I mean, I know a lot of guys. Not a lot. I know a handful of guys that could have pulled that off. Um, I think I could have pulled a majority of that off. I'd have to relook at it. Um, definitely like anything that's like sliding the car, the one eighties and nineties, there was one, I think he did like a reverse one eighty, and there was another car close to it. I was like, Ooh, that was impressive. But I, I thought the driving in that was really something. I, I, I do struggle with watching movies though, because when I first see it, I look at the ground all the time and not the cars. Cause I'm looking at how many times they shot it. You can see all the tread marks on the pavement. <laughs> Now I'm going to look at that every time. Sorry. (laughs) You just ruined movies for me for the rest of my life. I ruined your movie experience. (laughs) Why is the ground always wet? Every time, every time I notice that, I'm like, why is the ground always wet? It's prettier. It looks cleaner. Like you see it in a car commercial, it looks like gloss. You know, it's just then rubble or pavement and 
it just looks shiny. It's a prettier look. Um, it definitely, for some sense, I guess it's, it's, you slide a lot more when it's wet. It's a whole other feel. How do you do those slides? I don't understand how you do it. Um, well, it depends like what you're like, if you're sliding up like a 90, um, for me, it's just a lockup. Like I got to have a solid lockup on the car. So I let it slide a little bit and then I turn the wheel just a hair while it's locked up and then the car starts coming around and then I'll hit the main brake where I want it to stop. The lockup is what? The lockup is like the, when you're using the e-brake and you're trying to get a solid lockup in the car. Um, so if, when you're doing like a slide or a 180 and you're coming in, you got to lock up the car first. So you want all the brakes to lock up. And then you turn the wheel and the whole car will spin around. Oh, that's why they always pull the emergency brake and stuff. Yeah, that's the e-brake. So you're locking up the car. I thought it was like an editing thing where they needed some tight shot so they would have them pull the emergency brake. No, That's what I thought they were always doing. Yeah, most of the cars have like the e-brake in it. So that's a hand e-brake. There's a foot e-brake where they'll have like a hydraulic brake system. So... You just slam on the, the, you know, when your emergency brakes on the floor. So uh, you'll slam on that and then it'll come back, bounce back out. So you don't have to pull a release button or anything like that. Is it easier with the foot one or with the hand one? Um, It just depends. Like I like the foot one. So this way I can keep you, if it's a hydraulic brake and I can use it, you know, keep hitting it, not having to release the brake myself, then my hands are free for the wheel. Um, and then I like the e-brake for my hand e-brake, the one that's right there for your, your hand. Cause I feel like I can control it better. I can go up, down, up, down, like kind of like let it slide in a certain way. Um, what stunt are you most proud of? There's so many that I, I actually really like. I mean, I hate saying it over and over and over and over again, but bridesmaids is the one that I get the most. Everybody's like, that was you. That's the funniest scene, you know, with the reverse 180, throwing garbage out the window, laying down, driving. So it looks like nobody's in the car. And she goes, who's driving that car? Um, you know, playing with the cop with Officer Rhodes was probably, that's the most memorable one. And that was the most fun because there's something fun about comedies when you're working on a comedy versus a drama, you know? What is the hardest stunt that looks really easy and the easiest stunt that looks really hard? Um, well, the easiest stunt that looks really hard is, uh, and I don't even know if it looks hard, but just turning the car into a 180. It's so, it's so simple. Even reverse 180s, when you see them go back, I, I, when I worked at the stunt driving school, I was in charge of teaching reverse 180s. And it's not as difficult as people think it is. You know, so... Um, and people make it way more complicated than it is. So, it, but it looks really impressive when you see a car flying in reverse and then the whole car yeah. is around. It's really not, I mean, it's, it's difficult in the way where you set up your line. So for the camera, but for just, I could teach anybody in 30 minutes how to do that. Um, the, what was the other one that was the hardest one to do that looks easy? Yeah. The, the one that looks easy, but is actually really hard. I think honestly, anything that's like when you're doing any kind of stunt, but you have to hit the mark because everybody thinks like even with cars, like simple car commercials can be really difficult to sliding a car up to camera and being right on that mark. So people go, that looks easy, you know, and I'm like, no, it's, it's difficult to hit that mark. 
you know, to be on your, if they, the director will say to me, I want your front left tire here, but it's an, it doesn't look difficult. Like you just see this car pulling up. That's hard. Yeah. The more I think about it, like it's one of those things that people would like, oh, what do you mean? You just drive the car up there, you just park it. But then you think about, oh, it has to be the exact spot. That does sound like, I don't actually think I could do it under pressure. One take kind of thing. Oh, I um, everybody misses their marks on that one. You know, it takes, you know, I mean, you, not everybody, you know, sometimes you get lucky and you get it on the first take, but if the camera's right there and you've got to enter it, you got to end in frame and that's your mark. That's hard. Have you had any injuries? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I've, um, I, I really, I actually like doing T-bonings, but I have, you know, it's, it's a hard hit when you hit another car, I have pads on, I wear like a little mouth guard so I don't bite my tongue or clench my teeth. Um, I've definitely had injuries or sometimes it's just even my head hitting, you know, because you're in the, I'm in a five point harness, but I'm not wearing a helmet. So just the way my head kind of snaps back and forth from a car hit. And then sometimes you have to do it again. Like if they didn't like it, it's really rare because usually it's just the one time, but one time I did it and like literally a half an hour, 45 minutes later, they set up everything. They brought in another car. They wanted to see it again. Um, and it was like being in a car wreck twice or a car accident back to back. You know, usually when we're in a car accident, it's just that one, hopefully for a long time. When I do it, sometimes I have to do it again in a half an hour. Do they have, is the airbag on? Do they keep the airbags oh, on? No, no, no. They come out. The airbags come out. Unless that's the gag. If it's in there, the airbag. But uh, no, no, the airbags aren't. But I'm so tight in that five-point harness that I can't move, you know, so it's usually okay. And it, like I said, I think I've only had to do it twice where they didn't like the speed or the person that was hitting me came in too hot, whatever, you know. How do you kind of keep yourself from going too far right like let's say hey we want the director or whoever asks you hit this car at 40 how do you keep yourself from going but what if i went 45 and it looks a lot cooler oh no i never do that i, I never take it too far like in that way i do what the director says and if anything sometimes they'll say something and i'll go i don't think that's safe and then the, you'll talk to the coordinator and then the coordinator will have to set the director straight and say that's not safe that's what the stunt coordinator is there for is He's there to make sure I'm safe. How do you get health insurance? I have great health insurance. Yeah, I have SAG health insurance. Oh, is it really yeah. expensive though? I feel like that'd be really expensive. <laughs> no, because no, I'm not doing, I'm not doing car. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm not doing car crashes every day, you know? So no, 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 no. I'm just envisioning Jake from State Farm being like, you do what? Yeah, Your insurance yeah. is four hundred thousand dollars. I don't have life insurance though, so. <laughs> <laughs> but my health insurance and my car insurance is fine because if anything, the one thing people will always oh, do you drive fast on the road or you know? And I'm like, no, I because I already know what a car can do. If you know what a car can do, you're not going to be driving crazy on the road. You know. What's the fastest you've ever been going in, in into a wreck? Oh, never. I never go in that. We never go in that fast. I don't even know. Like, I think 35, maybe. I, I can't even think offhand. It's never that fast. It looks fast, but no. In your opinion, are most people, average people, good or bad drivers? Uh, I think most 
Gee, that's a good question. I live in Los Angeles. I would say the majority of people are bad drivers. Are you a believer in 10 at of 10 and two or nine and three for the hand placements? Which one are your, is your go-to? I would go, oh God, I don't even do that. I do under nine and three. So what would that be like four and I'm trying to think of the numbers. Like, I can't think. <laughs> I can't think oh, of the numbers. Like, wait, four, five. Four and eight? Like eight, four and eight. I drive with my hands low. Like even when I work, I drive my hands low. I don't like 10 and two because of airbags. So if you're driving at 10 and two and the airbag deploys, your hand is going to go flying into your nose and you're going to break your nose. If you think about it, where your hands are placed, I don't know they do 10 and 2 anymore. I think they do with commercials, but I'm not sure what they're teaching the students because they say that the airbags, that's the problem when you're 10 and 2, is that if your airbags deploy, you're going to punch yourself in the face. Funnest car you've ever driven? I drove a Ferrari in a home away commercial where they were recreating um vacation so it was with chevy chase and beverly d'angelo it was a long 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 time ago like 10 years ago but that ferrari was fun i was even thinking i wonder if anybody noticed if i didn't come back (laughs) if i just kept driving worst car you've ever driven been like oh my gosh i don't want to drive this car (laughs) oh i want to drive this ford fiesta yeah, there's been a few of those where you're just like, uh, what am I? Well, actually, with bridesmaids, I thought, how am I going to do all these tricks in an old Toyota Tercel? <laughs> so that was that was a challenge, <laughs> but um, but it, it, you know, those are the ones that are fun though because there's no like we we're talking about no computers, no nothing. So it just kind of and it was stick. So I did all my tricks like the reverse 180, everything in a stick. So that was definitely helpful. That segues into this question somebody sent us. Stick or automatic? Um, when I'm working with, I like stick. I feel like I can get more out of the car. Um, there's more I can do with it. And then even with my drift car, you know, when I'm practicing drifting, I'm all I'm only ever in first gear, maybe second gear. So there's a lot more power. I like that. But city driving, no. I want automatic. I just want to cruise. I want to relax. <laughs> What is a stunt car driver's favorite movie? Oh my gosh. Um, God, half of them aren't even stunt related. <laughs> like I love aliens. I could watch aliens over and over again. Um, well, I guess I've said earlier, like I love baby driver for the driving. Uh, I'm trying to think what other ones. God, if I don't, I don't have it in front of me and then somebody will say, what about this movie? And they'll go, Oh yeah, I love this movie. Um, I always think of the Fast and Furious movies. What did like stunt drivers think of the Fast and Furious movies? Okay, I'm probably going to get shot for this one. Do you know I've never seen one of them? It's just not my thing. <laughs> Whoa. I feel like you just... <laughs> Should I take that back? Should you edit it out? I, th- I might have saw the first one, but I'm just not into those. It's not even so much about the driving. And I know the driving's phenomenal because they have amazing stunt drivers on those movies. I'm just not into that type of of movie. I like shoot 'em up movies, you know, like I could watch Reservoir Dogs over and over again or That's a good movie. Yeah, I, I love those Scarfaces, you know, a favorite of mine. I thought some of the scenes in the Italian job were really great. Um The Dark Knight, my buddy did the big truck truck turnover in it, so I could watch that over and over again because there's no CGI in that with the truck turnover, they just did it. That is kind of impressive. That one where it flips. Yeah. That's a cool scene. 
Yeah. So there's yeah. no there, and they didn't. Chris Nolan didn't use any CGI. And after when Jim did it, I was like, Jimmy, what did it feel like? And he said he didn't know where he was for a half hour. Yeah, because even there's really no way to fake that. Right. I mean, you can't fake like the crash is still a crash. Right. Yeah. And that thing just went over. They built this crazy cage for him inside there. But it's still that's a lot of weight coming over your head. What is the holy grail for your career moving forward? You know, people just call me and did commercials or whatever. and I didn't have to work so hard. That would be great. Um, No, (laughs) that's the lazy. Um, You know, because I did just start. I just formed the first all female stunt driving team. So we're the first and only all-female stunt driving team, mainly specializing in commercials, but we do a lot of film, mostly where our backgrounds film and television. So right now it's um, we've had different people approach us for shows and stuff, but it's kind of not really where we're at. That's a lot of work. So I can't even really think of other things because we're still working on filling that team. There's directors that I would love to work with or for. Um, I don't even know where to begin on that one, though. But, yeah, I'd love to see an all-theme, like, I'd love to see all women driving in a movie. You know, we're here, you know, even sometimes you'll see, like, uh, a television show and it's all these cops pull up. And I'm like, LAPD doesn't have female officers. <laughs> it's just a bunch of male cops got out of the car. It's not really, a, didn't anybody notice that? Um do you feel like Hollywood is changing or is it changing in the sense that the actual culture is changing or is it changing in the sense like, Hey, for marketing purposes, let's put this all whatever team together. Like, is it a real change or is it a cosmetic change? I think it's a real change as far. I don't know. Cosmetic. I, there, it's half and half. Sometimes I think with the diversity, as far as it goes with hiring, you know, uh, African-Americans, Asians, Latins, whatever. I don't know. I'm hoping that that is a change, but who knows? Like it could be, you you never know with, with Hollywood. Um, but I definitely see a change is more women, you know, and it not being such a boys club. And I think that's permanent, you know? So I, even with the guys that I work for or with a lot of these younger stunt coordinators, they're, so on the, you know, diversity train, they're all happy about it. They're hiring more women. They're hiring more color, everything. I'll end on this question. What is your best parallel parking tip? <laughs> Line up your car with the car that's in front of it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? When they're that car, you want to line up your car. You pull up to that car that's in front of the spot you want to get into. Can you think of the last time that you messed up parallel parking? Not for a not for a job, but like you're just out on the street. Um, or is that or is that the kind of thing that doesn't happen to a stunt driver? It doesn't happen that often, but it does happen if I'm not paying attention. You know, yeah, I I probably if I was to parallel park ten times, uh, I'll screw it up at least three. <laughs> so. I like that. That's an honest self-assessment because I would probably be at like seven and I live in a city where you have to parallel park a decent amount of time. (laughs) Um, That's pretty much all the stuff I got. Is there anything else that we missed or anything like that? I encourage people um, definitely like if this is something you want to do, then train, you know, you you could do well, like not even just stunt driving, just stunts in general, like learn how to fight. 
you know, if you're a gymnast or an ex-dancer and you feel like your career is over, no, look into stunts. You're perfect for it. I want to thank Olivia so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included her information in the episode description. Okay. Now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. How well would you say that you know yourself? 70% maybe. Okay. Do you feel like that number though should be higher for you at this age? For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm mid thirties. Uh, you know, if I was listening to what my father would tell me right now, he'd say, if you ain't got it figured out by now, you might as well just quit. Yeah. That's what my grandpa used to say too. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, saying that, I mean, mid-30s, I mean, I still have another, well, a normal person would have another 30 years of their career left, you know, I mean, with family and things. I mean, there's plenty of things to, or plenty of time for you to get to truly know yourself. Do you think that you will discover something else big? No, I, I think by, you know, just in my situation, mid-30s guys, I've done some things, I've had some life experiences. I think I know myself to a certain degree i'm I'm not going to surprise myself i'm so i'm a little bit older i'm probably at 85 to 90 percent but i would like to be surprised what's what's the last thing that you did then that surprised you like oh i can't believe i did that outside of being a, a decent father uh if, if we're talking just like personal achievement or something where i was like wow i can't believe i did that it's when I ran a half marathon in decent time. Yeah, I'm look, I'm just going to go ahead and stop you right here. I'm not impressed by a half marathon. Okay, maybe put in some effort next time and do the full thing. <laughs> I, I would like to think, now that might surprise me, I would like to think maybe someday I could do it. But <laughs> though, that thought is waning fast, uh, you know, every centimeter that my belly grows over my penis, so... Like how much harder is a half marathon than a full marathon? Really? You you mean how how much harder is a full marathon than a half? Yes, yes. I can't really. I mean, we we've had an ultra. You know, we've had an ultra marathoner on. I mean, just from what I understand from talking to people, it's the last six miles of a full marathon which are the worst. Not because you're exhausted; like your body just wants to give out. Wait, but how quickly after you ran the half marathon did your health decline? I've gained a little bit of of COVID weight. Wait, when did COVID start again? COVID did COVID start in 2015? <laughs> yes. Uh it's really when I, you know, when I met my wife is when I would say like I stopped uh you know, doing certain things, uh which is my fault. But I feel like a lot of people that happens to when you get into a serious relationship. Okay, who gave up more, you or your wife? Uh, definitely me. I actually got into a funny debate with a with a friend of mine about Tom Brady and the fact that I mean all he does is meditation and and eats well and look how great of an athlete he is. Yeah, dude, I'm sure there's some other things that are happening with that. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, yes, but anyway, do you okay? How much if you know yourself seventy percent? Do you think most people know themselves less or more than you do? I would say probably less. I I think most people don't really know much about themselves because I don't think people stop and really take time to try to figure that stuff out anymore because life moves so fast, right? It's from one thing to the next. I don't think a lot of people do self, um, whatever you want to call self-examining anymore. 
you know, thinking about themselves. Well, you do probably do a lot of self-examining and I agree with you in the sense that um, (laughs) I think that, I think that most people, they know themselves in the sense that they would know what they would do in a certain situation, but I don't think that they know why they're really doing it. That would be my guess. All right. We ready for, uh, to, to give some kudos to people that actually might listen to, to you talk uh, on a weekly basis. All right, let's start here. We'll, uh, Ricardo Cruz, appreciate you. Uh, Nick Kowalski, Connie, uh, Kenny Parker Bridges, uh, Cat Kelly PB, which I thought was kind of a cool handle. Uh, Robert, Matt Cook, Alfred Chester, Daisy Lee, Isaiah Scott, and Natalie Miller. What is what what is what is Kenny Parker Bridges look like? Does he look like a guy that should have three names? It's uh <laughs> maybe I did that terrible job of it's Kelly Parker Bridges. That's completely acceptable. And I would actually argue that a woman with that kind of Kelly Parker, like Mary Ann, that adds a little bit of intrigue. Like with a woman when she has like the the dun dun dun. That's a little bit of mysterious, like, ooh, Kelly Parker. But when it's a guy, you're like, that's a douche, especially if it's four names. You have four names, and you're actually going to put them out there. That's pretty high on the douche meter right there. Well, uh, you know, uh, she is listening. We'll give her even a special, more special shout out because she's a, a retired law enforcement officer. And now she does yoga and meditation for teachers. Uh, or Sorry, she's a yoga and meditation teacher for first responders military and veterans so wow so you do a lot of stalking (laughs) social media just because you're putting these shout outs together dude doesn't mean you got to perv watch through all their videos no watch we're not going to get one like for the next you know week just because people don't want me to stalk them probably Um, because you're gonna fucking social media stalk them and you're the guy that's gonna like their picture from 2017 like what how did this guy go 200 posts deep? <laughs> yeah, that uh, that is not me. Don't worry. Uh, you have to pick one of uh, one of these two fine actors to be your co-star in a uh, emotional drama. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. Arnold. I'd go Arnold any kind of movie, honestly, because he's Arnold is the better actor. Right, he's easier to play off of as a co-star. Like Sylvester Stallone is basically Sylvester Stallone in every single movie. Arnold is slightly different, not a lot, but he can play slightly different characters. I think that Arnold is a better actor, and I think that he would uh, enhance my performance more. Who would you go with? Is it fair to say that Arnold is by far the more successful actor? Yeah, I think so. I mean, recent history, no. But he was so dominant at the or one stage of his career that he would still be like he's still Arnold, right? Uh, all right, well we'll just move on. Um, which one of these fads uh, would you bring back if you could? Uh, <laughs> Chia pet, a sock monkey, or a pet rock? Chia pet. Chia pet is the least creepy of all of those. Like a pet rock. How was that ever a thing? How did that ever become a thing where people were carrying around rocks with them? Unless it was like teenagers being purposely ironic to make adults look like idiots. Like, hey, mom, buy me this rock. Watch this. She's going to do it. <laughs> I mean, it it had to have been something. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what 
like how popular it needs to be to be considered a fad. Which one would you uh, not rather have, a COVID test or a blood draw? Well, first of all, I don't know what the question is because that's like eight double negatives. <laughs> Which one would you rather not get, a COVID test or a blood draw? Oh, blood draw. I haven't had a COVID test. Is it, I've heard it's like it's not very pleasant. It is not pleasant uh, at all, actually. It feels like they're, you know, putting your brain in a mixer and uh, just, you know, twirling it around for a couple minutes. I had blood taken the other last week for a routine doctor's visit. Shout out to Dr. Um, whatever his name is. Uh, Salib. Dr. Salib. Shout out Dr. Salib. My that boy. guy. That guy. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. Uh, no, they had my blood drawn. It wasn't bad. I remember when I was a kid and you would get like a, a shot, like a flu shot or an update for like your measles, mumps, rubella, all that kind of stuff, vaccinations, or get your blood drawn. And it was like they were sawing off your arm. Like some at some point, they either had people specialize in that or they just got a lot better at it because it used to hurt. I was one of those kids. Uh, I would hide under the table uh, at the doctor's office because I did not want to get shots. That does not happen now. Obviously, it'd have to be a pretty big table. Who had to drive you, drag you out from underneath the table? <laughs> I recall, I could be a little, you know, uh, mistaken the details, but they usually got me out with some some kind of food. I think. Shock <laughs> shocker! Well, I mean, shocker! There. Shocker! Number one shocker! Can't believe it. I'm sure it was something chocolatey or something along those lines that would stick to your teeth. But also, what else are they going to get you out with? Right? It's not like. Here's a new periodical. Would you like to check this out, five-year-old? Like, that's the only thing that they got. That's the only weapon. I got a flu shot, and not like, oh, I'm such a tough guy, but I literally did not know they gave it to me. Okay, Mr. Tough Guy, huh? Well, they might not have given it to me and just charged my insurance, which would be a great scam if you think about it. Like, yeah, we gave it to you. <laughs> like, they just tell you to look away, and they just go, okay, you're done. <laughs> okay, you're done. Look how good at this I am. Go on your day. There's a Band-Aid. What kind of Band-Aid would you get, right? Did you have a Band-Aid preference? Uh, I usually like the, the the fluorescent ones, like the neon green or yellow or sometimes even pink. You didn't go with a, like a character-driven Band-Aid? Not, not a, no, I, not usually. I usually went with the, the bright colors. Really? I mean, That's weird. Yeah, I mean, th that shouldn't surprise you. Of course I'm different. Okay, you ready for our top five? <laughs> I am. I don't know where we're going to take it, but let's uh, let's go. Okay, so our top five is top five things that you would like to see brought back. <laughs> What's your number five? Uh, MTV playing music videos. I agree that for people John's age, that was kind of a or John and I's age, I should say that was kind of a symbol of our childhood when MTV actually played music videos. But at the same time, now it'd be completely pointless. Like it'd be a terrible business decision for them to do it. Nobody would watch it. I couldn't even tell you. I can't even tell you one program on MTV right now. Well, dude, you are not the age demographic. <laughs> I am not, and they they clearly point that out that they could care less about people our age, and that's fine. But bring back some music videos, man. Like I miss a I miss a good shitty music video. What would you say is the greatest music video you've ever seen? I will tell you one of my favorites that comes to mind. It was Mo Money, More Problems by Puff Daddy. Yeah, where they're in those suits. Yeah, and they're like in yeah. the air tunnel. 
Um, right. He had all the different colors. You wanted to see how many different colors he had, like the red suit, the blue suit, the yellow suit. I can visually, visually see that right now. I'm also a fan of, uh, and this goes way back, uh, but Meatloaf. <laughs> Oh, he God. did a song for I'd Do Anything for Love, but I Again, won't do I that. I hated that song. I hated that song. I never knew what that was either. What was that supposed to be? When uh, You know what? I, I want someone to – I don't know either. I, if someone knows that listens to this podcast, please tag me because I've always wondered what it is. Like, what is it? So here's the official answer from the loaf himself. The title phrase repetition reasserts that he won't do that. Each mention of that is a reference to the particular promise that he made earlier in the same verse. The four things he says he will never do are forget the way he feels right now. Forgive myself if we don't go all the way tonight. Uh, Do it better than I do it with you. Stop dreaming of you every night in my life. Okay, that makes sense. Good job, Milo. So really this entire time the answer's been in the lyrics. Wow. Right. I mean... Isn't that, a, isn't that an ironic example of something you've wondered about your whole life when the answer was there directly in front of you the entire time? Yeah. I, wow. All right. Well. Okay. My number five, uh, my number five of top five things I would like to see come back is Arby's five for five. Is that, is that gone? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. That used to be a big deal, the Arby's five for five. I guess I haven't been to Arby's lately because I thought it was still a thing. I had no idea. My number four is Burger King uh, chicken chicken fingers. Oh, they got rid of those? Yeah. Also, Arby, okay, I just looked this up and wasn't really listening to what you were saying, but now they have five for ten. They of got rid they of five do. for They literally doubled the price. That's ridiculous. Okay, who doesn't have chicken fingers? Uh, Burger King. They have, they have, uh, they, they went from chicken sticks to chicken fingers. Now they're called chicken tenders, but man, back in the day, oof. Are you honestly going to tell me, though, if I went and got something from the same restaurant, I was like, no, these are chicken sticks, these are chicken fingers, these are chicken nuggets, these are chicken tenders. You would be able to honestly distinguish them in taste. I bet, yeah, I bet you I could. I could do it. Okay, which two do you think you would get confused the most? Probably fingers and sticks, but fingers are going to have a little, oh my God, the fingers are going to have a little bit of a, of a different texture. They're gonna, they might be a little bit more rigid. Uh, and, and yeah, I know where this is going. So let's just, let's just stop it. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, what, what's, uh, what, I'm legitimately what's... curious, right? So if the, but is it the shape? <laughs> is the shape, what's going to allow you to distinguish it? Because what if I presented you with chicken nuggets, chicken fingers, chicken tenders, and chicken strips all in the same shape? Would you be able to tell the difference? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't think so. I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm like 89%. I know, I know this more than I know myself. I think that you would be able to tell the difference. Okay. Yeah. What's your number four? I just gave my number four. You're on your number four. Oh, slang words. There's some slang words that I missed like booyah. That was a good one. That's the only one I could think of. Yeah. I miss booyah. It's basically just, I want them to bring back booyah. <laughs> so really your number four is just you want them to bring back the the term booyah yeah basically just booyah now that i think about it yeah <laughs> do you did you not have a favorite slang word uh, you, 
can't say anymore now besides ones that we didn't realize were racist as little kids? <laughs> no, not that I can remember, but I, <laughs> like you said, the the ones that we didn't realize when we were younger that ended up being really terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the ones that you can't really say anymore. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? That's what that is. But I had seen when I was growing up and some of those words, Mm-hmm. I didn't, besides the obvious one, and everybody knows what the obvious one, right? You know, you can't say that. But some of those, like, I never associated it with that particular social or ethnic identity. Like, I never thought of it that way. Like, I don't think of the word bitch to refer to a woman at all. I actually think of a man when I <laughs> think of the word bitch. I, I mean, I think of a female dog, actually. Like, you're supposed okay, to. Okay, so what do you actually think of? Do you uh, think of a woman when you say bitch? No, uh, but I, I think that's because we both grew up, you know, with friend groups probably to where, you know, if you were joking around with a friend, you know, you probably said that or something. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't, you don't say it and think of, oh, that, you know, I mean that to be a, a woman or something. Yeah, I've always thought of it as a as a guy. Do you remember the first time you said something, maybe as a preteen or a teen or an adult, and somebody was like. That's this is actually what that means, or 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 this is you know how it affects people, and you're like, oh, okay. oh yeah, I do exactly, yeah. Uh, me, I don't remember. Too. Okay, you tell yours, then I'll tell mine. Uh, I I don't want to tell mine. It's it's a very vulgar word. I don't I don't want to say it, but uh, I can tell you. you weren't, were you huh? dropping hard R? Uh, <laughs> no, but I can tell you that when somebody like you know when when I finally came. You know, and adolescence, and people were like, you know, and it, you ended up finding out that it wasn't a word that should be used, you know, ever. Well, what was it? Just uh, say what the word was. I'm, I'm not saying it, but uh, it, I remember being, and I, 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 I will never say it again. That's why I'm not saying it now. And and it, it was just, you know. Oh my god, dude! Did you drop something that starts with an N? No, never, man. I, I grew up in an urban area that. Oh yeah, you did grow up in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, there was no. Okay, that makes. And and what's once I mean, like that's no joke. I mean, that's you know there are certain words that you will get in a lot of trouble for, uh, and that's that's one of them, uh, as we all know. But anyways, what uh, are you going to say your word? Are you going to leave us in suspense too, like I did? No, I'm trying to wait for you to be done mysterious, being Captain Mysterious (laughs) over there. Uh, Mine was. I was in sixth grade at a Catholic school and I would always use the word gangbang, not realizing what a gangbang actually was. And then a teacher pulled me aside. It was like, you know, that's when someone, several people have sex with one person. Right. And she described it as being an un, uh, as being sexual assault. It was a Catholic school, right? She put it that way when some people can't enjoy a gangbang, I believe, if that's what you're into <laughs> and you're willing participants and that's what you want, then go for it. Do what you want to do. But she described it in another way and I was like, oh, I should probably stop saying that. Yeah, that's, uh, well, sixth grade, yeah, I was in, I was like in middle school and, and uh, yeah, I just, but, you know, I, and I think as you get older, right, you, you learn not to say certain things, but man. I remember that, and I remember thinking, like, wow, I'm going to hell. But uh, anyways. All right, uh, my number three. uh, (laughs) My number three, and I don't know, you have to know the cereal, uh, but it was French French Toast Crunch cereal back in the day. They still have that, dude. 
the you were just probably cl- you were, were just like close the little to the pieces of bread. Yeah, dude. Oh, you're just close to that's that's like the Canadian version of cinnamon toast crunch. You just oh. got to go closer to the border. Oh, all right. Well, f- fair enough then. Uh, I mean, I can I can supplement that with uh, with something else. Um, okay, uh, right, supplement. L- let's uh, let's go with erector sets then. Okay, I thought you were. <laughs> I thought you said something else. I was like, you know what? I wish I could bring back as erections because I haven't had one. I was like, what? All right, dude, you get a lot of person. I mean, log Legos are the king, right? Of building stuff. I think log cabins right. still around. Um, they have some other things now, but man, erector sets back in the day, you get your little wrench and you get like the actual nuts and bolts and metal pieces. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I actually, my number three is old playground equipment. Like now the stuff that they have now looks like you're going to kill yourself or you couldn't possibly have any fun on it whatsoever. (laughs) It's like, here's the playground. It's got a step. This is probably a weird thing for a grown man to be talking about now that I think about it. But every time I take my sons to a playground, it's either like certain death or it's walking up a ramp. Like make make a decision here. Are are, are there seatbelts and stuff now on the playground equipment? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've got seatbelts on the swings. Hmm. Like I think part of growing up, especially – I hope we don't get any pushback on this necessarily, but part of growing up, at least as a boy is like, you got to get dirty and get yourself hurt. Like you have to find out what you're physically capable of necessarily so that, you know, not to pick a fight with the kid who's going to beat the crap out of you. So you need to know what your physical limits are. And I don't still think that's happening on this newfangled playground equipment, or it's just mass killing children. I, I, I think the safety is okay though. Um, but I mean, so yeah, I think safety is okay. I'm just, I guess I'll just end it there. Okay. All right. What's your number uh, two? Um. So my number two, and you're gonna love this, is uh phones that have physical keypads on them. I know the BlackBerry is making a comeback, oh. but like you know, uh, for a while there, for years, all we've had is the iPhone or the equivalent. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, I miss like pressing buttons. I miss not having fat fingers and like actually being able to like, oh, J-O-H-N, not, you know, pressing a screen where I have to autocorrect it and blah, blah, blah. I would say that even at my level of weight, I have reached the point where it's a little bit difficult to type. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You weigh 180 pounds. But I go rock climbing and I have muscular fingers. It's legitimate. Like any, it's not just specific to me. Like anybody who goes rock climbing, you're going to get muscular fingers. They do kind of swell up. They actually look strange when your fingers get overly muscular. It's a little weird. Um, but I can't type. Like I got to go voice to text. I agree with you. This is a good. I think that honestly, this should probably be higher up on your list. All right. Well, my my number one is like a Homer pick. So you'll 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 find it out in a, in a few minutes. What's your number two? Anonymity. Okay. Where you could do stuff and nobody would know who you were and there wasn't cameras or somebody taking a picture where you could just kind of live your life. That's one of the only things I have on my honorable mention is, is you know, not having social media, you know, like not always having to be online. And I agree with you. I should have put it on my list. I kind of regret that now. Okay. 
my number one is just having average athletes, like average looking athletes that are fantastic, you know, at their job. You can't you can't watch any sport nowadays without that person being, you know, at the the the, the top of the physical spectrum. I guess that I get what you're saying in that sense. Like if you look from at sports highlights from like the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they kind of just look like regular people. I mean, right? Like baseball Ruth was a big. Yeah. Baseball players until the steroid area were just regular looking dudes oh, for the most God. part. Now it comes back around to baseball and submarines because you're a 95 year old man. I mean, look at look at basketball. Yes, they were tall dudes. And women doesn't necessarily have to be men, but like they weren't, you know, they weren't like what LeBron looks like or every other NBA player now that has like six percent oh, body you fat. Racist. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was specifically talking about. What are you trying to say? Body fat. Back in the good old days when it was just no. John White Smith. Oh boy! <laughs> now you got no. this LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Space Jam Two coming out. Can't wait for that. Uh, I'm pretty excited about Space Jam Two. You know what movie really looks good is the new Coming to America. Mm. That looks like it's going to be a good movie. Like, oh, that looks funny, and I not have just no that kind of funny, but not just that kind of funny where you can tell that all the good jokes are just in the in the trailer. Like, <laughs> oh, this might actually be funny. I mean, it's it's only been what in production for 15 years, so it better be funny. So is Space Jam. But, I mean, so I'm kind of against them having a sequel to Space Jam. It should have just been a one-off and yeah. let it at that. I I agree with you. That's a risky sequel. It's going to really have to be done well. It's a much more risky sequel than Coming to America is. 100%. Space Jam is a little bit iconic. Um, Mine, I went all social for my number one. Okay. I went all like high-minded political ideals, and I put lifestyle, the kind of lifestyle where only one person had to work and su- could support a family. Wow, like it, it, we kind of reverse lists here. You went with like the serious one, and I kind of kept it, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah, I Let's... thought that you were going to go hard in the paint in terms of all these kind of like back in my day, and then I did it. You know, I, I have to tell you, uh, there, there's not very much. I grew up in the late 80s and 90s and early 2000s. There's not a whole lot that I truly miss that, like, I would bring to today if I could. Uh, no. And I don't, I don't know what that says about me or, or whatnot, if it says anything. But there's just, there's not very much I would bring with me to, like, today if I could go back and no, I would. stuff. I would agree with you, and I I would agree with you because generally, even though we may have some nostalgia for things of the past, things do get better, right? Like, what would you legitimately bring from earlier and say, like, okay, we need this today? Honestly, wouldn't really say anything, except for Booyah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I could say, like, old old school wrestling, but then it's like, I don't know most old school wrestling was sexist and racist. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's, I don't think there's anything, which, which I guess is a testament to how great we are as a nation or population and blah, 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 and advances. And now I'm just ranting. So I'm just going to stop talking. Right. The only thing that I would have in my honorable mention, and actually I could possibly put this even at number one would be video games. 
Like some of the video games of today, they're just too complicated for me. Like, dude, I just want to sit down and play. I don't need to create my entire like fantasy league roster and go through a season as the GM. Like, can I just jump from one platform to another and like put this thing on and, and, and dodge the fireball? Like that would be the only legitimate thing that I would, I would like some simple ass video games back. You know what? I, I had a feeling you were going to have that somewhere. I have it on my honorable mention too. Uh, but I, I, I like, I, I like the newer style video games. I, I think once you do it now and you go back and you see how mundane just a side screen, uh, side screen scroller game is, uh, it's, it's just not that fun anymore. So, but I've I've played some of the like the first person shooter stuff and been like, what the fuck is happening here? But I've also played like Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is pretty complicated, and I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like there's fifty thousand different things that I needed to be doing. So I think that it's not I think it's just the style necessarily that's a little too much for me. Yeah, I mean moving on from that, a couple of things Bring I back have. Doug. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Dig Dug. Dig Dug was badass, bro. Um I have uh uh number two pencils, pizzerias, yeah. uh which are pizza chips. Uh probably the oh. best pizza chips ever. Uh yeah, not pizzerias. Uh and then um uh gushers, the candy gushers, if you ever had those Ooh. back in the day. I haven't seen a good pizza buffet in a long time. Used to be a big deal to have good pizza buffets. Given the current climate, you're probably not going to be having any buffets anytime probably soon. Probably not. So. But it's did you did you know like if okay if everything is fixed tomorrow, do you even know a place to get a pizza buffet? The only place that I would even entertain looking, uh, well, yeah, well, there's that restaurant that I can't think of that has pizza buffet. Um, what is the name of that restaurant? I know which one. It's like a Italianos? No. No. Cali- it's really cheap. No, it's not California Pizza Kitchen. Uh, it's like five bucks. It's like five yeah. to six dollars for some really shitty pizza. <laughs> yeah, but there's that one. And I don't know, does does Pizza Hut still do the... V- only in small towns Yeah, where you so... find a good Pizza Hut pizza <laughs> buffet. Yeah, those would be my only two you know, possibilities. Other than that, nope, I'm I'm tapped out. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Would love to know what are some of the things that you would want to see brought back. There's definitely some stuff. But I also feel like for the most part, stuff that went away probably should go away. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.